Now, why don't you open your Bible with me in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, verse 31 through to 33. Matthew 6, 31 to 33. I want to talk about overcoming fear and anxiety. Overcoming fear and anxiety. And the Bible uh, tells us very clearly in the last days, men's heart will fail them with fear for what's coming on the earth. In other words, one of the characteristics of the end time before the coming of the Lord is fear and its deep impact on people's lives. And uh, I, I was quite astonished to find, as I was in, uh, old, doing altar calls uh, in different places among young people, the extent to which fear, anxiety, and depression grip this young generation today. Real concern. And uh, so we want to help you tonight. And uh, a lot could be shared on it. But I want to just open it up, show you where it comes from and what to do about it. And uh, fear affects every one of us. Some fears can be good, the fear of the Lord and uh, the fear of missing out. <laughs> we, our whole family has that one and it won't go because if we hear God's doing something, we want it. <laughs> I can't stand to miss out. And uh, we love that. Anyway, let's read in here. And Jesus said, and this is his uh, message on the kingdom of God and living a life which makes you stand out, which brings heaven to earth. And he said, therefore, take no thought uh, or don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Uh, what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek after. Your heavenly Father knows you need all those things. See? See, notice now, he's saying one of the things that characterizes people who are unsaved is fear, anxiety, Worry, worry. things are going backwards and forwards in your mind. You, you're there, but you're not there because your mind is just backwards and forwards with what if, what if, what if, what if, what if this, what if this, and you're trying to work stuff out and it drains your energy. And, and Jesus is saying, that's what it's like when you're unsaved. That is the life outside Christ. But he said, for you who are in the kingdom, there's a different way of living your life. And this is, it has to do with your priorities in life. And he said, and this is a verse which has been our, our life verse. If I could say I've got one verse, it would be that verse. Seek first. Make it your priority. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first God's order, God's rule, God's leadership in your life. Seek what God wants for your life. Put God first in every arena of your life and walk in his way or righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, the righteousness that comes by trusting your life into his hands. And he said, all those things will be added to you. And what he says is, when you put the priority of God and his order right in your life, you, are, you set off in motion God's provision for you. In other words, it's added to you. It comes in without you trying. It comes in without you trying. Now, it doesn't come in all straight away. It comes in as you walk with God, as this becomes your priority in life, there is a flow of things start to come to you. Promotion starts to come. Blessing starts to come. Doors begin to open. But it has all to do with the place of rest that God is my Father who provides for me. That's why he says, listen, your daddy knows what you need. Stop stressing about it. Or he's saying, Stop stressing out. Stop getting uptight. Your father knows what you need. And he's not going to withhold it and say, I think, I, I think I'll hold out on him a little bit longer till he's learned his lesson. Dads are not like that. In fact, they're actually the opposite. They've got lots to give. They want to give to you. And so he's saying, don't stress out over life. Put the priorities of the kingdom first. So the problem is that there's a tremendous increase in fear and fear-based living. A whole number of sources and causes for it. Let me just uh, just list a few sources of fear because you, you, there's hardly any day go by we don't experience some kind of uh, interaction with things which are directing fear to your life. They're directing your life away from God's order, God's priority to bring you into a place of fear and anxiety. So when I see people struggling with fear and anxiety, I know this, they are not placing God's order first in their life, they got their life upside down. You've got to come back into divine alignment, divine order. So the whole number of things, one, one source of fear and anxiety is generational. And, and many times fear lives in a family, it comes from one generation to the other. If you live under a fearful person, you will also become fearful. You pick it up. Well, be careful, don't you? Make sure. And you, you know, you get a mother who's, who's got a lot of anxiety in her life for whatever reasons, and she'll over-mother and over-protect, and you grow up fearful and afraid to step out got no father in your life there's a gap in your life of the person God called 
to bring confidence, identity, uh, encouragement, guidance. And so there's fear because now I'm doing life on my own. So, so, the, so these issues of fear and anxiety, they can be generational spirits. They come down through a family line. Uh, partly today, of course, terrorism is on the rise and increase. The your day goes by, you don't see it. And the, the news media blow it up. They make a big kind of deal out of it. And you begin to get a distorted view of how dangerous life is and how something could happen at any time. You find that the, the news media, the news media feed off this stuff. You know, they feed off this stuff. If I was to talk about and mention the name Pakistan, then you'd think terrorism, uh, 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 you'd think all kinds of things. What you wouldn't realize is I've been to Pakistan. My son and his family were up there doing missionary work up there. And sure, all of those things are there, but God is moving amazingly. We went to a church 30,000 midweek meeting. You know, I think, wow, nobody in the media told me that God is doing miracles midweek and thousands are gathering there. They just told me about all the people being killed. Yeah, you understand when you feed on a diet of that, that's what sells the media. That's what sells the paper. Or you go, oh, this blew up. I've got to find it. Get to the news quick. It's like something in us wants to feed off things that induce fear. Fear is quite an extraordinary thing. It, 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 it stops us fulfilling our potential, and yet we are attracted in a mysterious way to it. It's just so weird. So weird. Think about it. See, marketing. Marketing works off a fear. And so you see, all the, it'll always have the same kind of thing. Here's the deal, don't miss out. And you see, oh, I might miss out. And you see all these people, these are happy people with this thing. Well, I'd like to be happy too, I'm missing out. And so it, it just induces fear. It's actually structured to induce anxiety and the sense where I need what is being advertised and then if only I have it, then I'll be happy. That's the message of it, see? Uh, there's other things, of course, uh, that cause it. Uh, witchcraft or involvement in any kind of occult activity will bring fear into your life. It automatically brings fear. Sometimes people growing up have traumas. They have encounters with demonic spirits that produces deep fear, deep shock. I prayed for so many people now who were being molested by spirits at night, had no idea why this is happening, and too ashamed to say, this is what's going on in my life. But there's a cultic activity, and there's a deep spirit of fear around their life. Uh, for some people, their life is a, is a number of traumas that they've had, being the trauma of physical abuse, being beaten, uh, the trauma of sexual abuse, being abused. That brings tremendous fear. It brings uh, an impact into the cells of the body. It opens the doors for spirits of fear. People living like that, their nervous system is triggered to be on edge. So now the slightest little thing that reminds them of what they went through now triggers the fear. And so just a little thing can produce a big reaction. See, people everywhere living in fear, living in fear, all kinds of things. Uh, the, the pressure to perform. We live in a culture which causes us or, or brings a pressure to perform. So you've got to do this, you've got to do this, got to be doing this. Now everyone's got, even, even kids, you know, like I can't believe they've got this thing at school. They used to just go to school, come home, and it was playtime. What happened to all of that? Now you've got this thing to go to and that thing to go to and there's this engagement, that engagement. You've got to go something at night. Man, it's stressful. It's the pressure to perform. And that pressure sometimes comes upon you from family. They're putting pressure on you to achieve because they want, they're trying to live their life out through you. So you feel the pressure and then you're trying to do your best and yet you feel the stress. No matter what you do, it's not enough. Fear and anxiety begin to be cultivated around your life. And so people feel anxious. They feel a struggle going inside, just this nagging thing. Uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not making it. I'm not cutting it. I, I don't quite make it. Uh, we come into a church even, and it doesn't seem to stop there. We look at these beautiful people. There's all these great people doing these things. We feel well, somehow I'm not. I need to really strive to be something like that. And so, because we haven't come to a priority of the kingdom, many other things affect us. There's so many other things affect us. Uh, breakdowns in families, the stresses in families. Get a dysfunctional parent, alcoholic parent. Suddenly there's a whole drama in the family people grow up and their lifestyle is one of anxiety why because they never knew one minute to the next is dad going to be mad or glad i don't know i got to watch for those signals and what happens is they come to a place where they're anxious all the time is mum going to go crazy today is she going to tear into me what's going to happen and anxiety so instead of the home being a place of rest now it's a place of fear and conflict and the life is deeply affected by that affects everywhere else the other area is the area of media. Media, uh, social media can induce fear in us. Why? Because everything you look on the social media is not, it's not exactly true. It's just a snapshot in time. 
You understand? If I took a snapshot of your bank account and it said $20,000, I don't know whether that's good or bad because I don't see the trend. If the trend is like that, going down, this bad. See? But if the trend is going like that, that's good. But if I just see it at a moment, I don't know. So you get with the, the Facebook, all those things. What kind of life have I got? Glory to God. But it's only just a moment. You don't know they fell apart before that or just after that. You don't know what row they had on the way home. All those beautiful kids that are... Now, suddenly now, they're all fighting one another. It's not like it looked on that picture. But you look at the picture. Oh, man, they've got a life. They've got a life. My life, my life sucks. You know, and so all of that brings pressure and stress. And then entertainment's another area. Now, entertainment thrives. You look at the, the number of horror movies that are out now. Man, oh man, why would people go to a horror movie? They're attracted to something that scares them. And, I, and it is, it's, it's, there's, there's something attracts. You think, why would you attract to something that scares you? There's something behind it, that's why. And we all get, how many get pulled by that? Get drawn to things which got that bit of a buzz of excitement. Eh? You go on these rides. You think, why would you go on one of those rides? They scare the heck out of you. <laughs> and you know, and you, you have a major, major panic. And we all get you get drawn into it so easily. I mean, I was up in up in Taiwan at a party, doing some work up there, and we went by and I saw a VR room. I said, oh, VR room. I have got to go in there. And so the three of us went on there, put on all the gear, and suddenly. We have vanished. We are now in another zone with a gun. And the zombies are attacking. You want to see the video of me in there? I'm all over the place. I come out, I was exhausted. I thought, man, what just happened to me? Zombies are real. I saw them. I was shooting them. See, so all of that, that world is growing now, you see. And it's just such an, it's an interesting, fascinating world. But if you're drawn in, you've got to watch. You don't become addicted and tied up. And that whole spirit starts to come around your life. That's what can happen, though. The area of entertainment, what, what's meant to just bring a little bit of entertainment can actually be a problem for us. So you think, why would you be drawn in there? Well, there are two reasons. One, because something is pulling you towards those things that frighten you. The other is because we're designed for faith. We're designed for things which have a challenge that brings a rush. See, when I got first involved in deliverance, I went to one guy's house and they said to me, uh, oh, look, the guy's manifesting. Could you come around? So I come around there I, and the door's open. I walk in there and there he is. I, I, I don't know what happened to me, but the moment I saw him, oh, in Jesus' name, and he flipped over on his back like that. And then, then he stood up, and he's about 17 stone, only less. And then he came towards me. And he picked up an apple. And he held it up in my face like this. And he squished it. And he said, I'm going to crush you. That's a vivid picture, isn't it? That's a fear-inducing picture. And then he picked up a chair. And he held it in front of me. He went... And he pulled it apart like that. And he said, I'm going to pull you apart like that. And I'm thinking of wishbones at Christmas or Easter, you know. Thinking, oh, God. Now, was I a little bit scared? Yes, I was. <laughs> but you see, I'm in the zone where you can either yield to your fear or face your fear and overcome it. In Jesus' name, spoke straight into him. The guy flew backwards on the ground and he was down and out completely. That was all it took. It just took standing in the authority of Jesus and it just backed down like that. I was in, uh, I was in uh, Indonesia. Oh, that was fun. And uh, Indonesia, and it was great. One of my first visits there, and they heard there's this man in the Holy Ghost and he's got a spirit and there's power and demons are scared. They, had, they all did all the advertising, see? So that caused three sorcerers to come. And they got together and they agreed, because in sorcery they attack and they, they try to take your power off you. That's why if you get involved in those games, you, there's no difference really between that and real life because you're in there in your imagination. So what happened was, I'm in there and these guys stand up in the middle of the meeting. And what happened was this. I never even saw it. It was so quick. Power of God just down they went. They fell on the ground. They were powerless. They could not stand up. They had to crawl out. My son found out about it. He ran down and confronted one of them got the spirit out of them and the guy got saved just like that see so fear there's this there's a life of faith which brings with it a tinge of fear 
just a tinge. I remember when I did a mission trip, a guy invited me to a mission trip overseas. And we went over there, and as we got up on the platform for the very first night of the crusade, he said, look, just, just one thing. I said, what's that? And he said, well, if they start throwing stones, you need to go off the stage that way and back to the house. I said, throwing stones? He said, yeah, the last preacher was 20, 10 years ago. This is the first crusade for 10 years. And the last preacher, they got so angry with him, they stoned him. And the police had to intervene and take him out of the country. Now, something about your prayer life gets better in that environment. It gets really good in that environment. So but when you come away, you are so buzzed. See, because you've had the stretch of faith to lean into God and the feeling that comes with it. And uh, so we're designed for exploits of faith with a hint of danger in it. How about that? But it's not really dangerous if we're in God and doing what God called us to do. And the, the, the feeling, the sensation, the joy that comes is immense. Oh, it's immense. Anyway, let's go back into fear and anxiety. I want to show you how it came in, what to do about getting it out. I want you to just have a look with me in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 and 7. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 and 7. And Paul is writing to Timothy, who's having a struggle with fear. Timothy is a pastor over thousands of people, and he's intimidated. Why is he intimidated? He's a young man in a culture of older people where the young have no voice. And he has now got authority and, and responsibility to speak over all these people. And he has become, he's given up, fear has got a hold of him. And the gifts of God have become quenched. Fear will quench the gifts God gave you to bring blessing to life, blessing to people. If you let fear get a hold of you, it will stop you doing what God called you to do. And so I've learned that every time you want to move with God, there is a tinge of fear where you have to choose to believe God and reject and push against that fear that's on your life. So notice what Paul says. Paul said, Paul, Timothy, my son, stir up the gift of God. In other words, you can overcome this thing. Activate the gift of God, which is in you by the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of? A spirit of? What is fear? A spirit. Fear is a spirit. You thought it was just your feelings. You thought it was just your feelings. The Bible is very clear. It's a demonic spirit that brings pressure on you, fills your mind and imagination with thoughts, and fills your emotions with feelings, and it's a spirit. You cannot counsel a spirit. You cannot medicate a spirit. You can't get out of it. There's only one way to deal with a spirit. You have to overcome it with spiritual force. Christians of all people should be able to overcome fear and anxiety. It's by the right priorities and by the asserting of spiritual force. What you thought is I'm weak and afraid and timid is actually a spirit attacking you shutting you down, hindering you, distorting your view of life, limiting the life God gave you. It is stealing, killing, and destroying. And it will not give up until you prevail against it. Fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. Fear is a demon assigned to intimidate and stop your life and wreck your life and your relationships. Let's have a look where it came in. And Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Find in Genesis chapter 3, you remember that uh, God created man as image and likeness. God gave man a mandate, an authority to rule. That means he gave him power over demons. He was given the power to force demons to submit. God, God made man a spirit being. Therefore, as a spirit being, we can feel and interact with the spirit world around us. We're also physical beings. We're living in a physical body. We can interact with the physical world around us. That means we can receive sensations from the physical world. We can always also receive sensations from the spirit world. So whatever is the dominant influence in the spirit world around us, we will feel it and hear its words. And if you've never discerned that that's a demon and not you, you it will beat you every time. So what happens? God designed us to, to live out of relationship with him from our spirit, not our reasoning. Not our reasoning. To live from our spirit by revelation from God. 
You're designed to live that way. You function best that way. Jesus came to restore us to that way. So when the devil tempted him and he sinned, notice what the immediate consequences are. He said, uh, verse 7, The eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called Adam and said, Where are you? He said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And God said, Who told you you were naked? Who told you? Who have you been listening to? Right? So here's what happened. Why was he fearful? Why was he hiding? It's very simple because his relationship with his father had been broken by sin. Sin resulted in fear. Fear is a spirit. Now, father's role is to provide, to protect, to guide, to give uh, uh, inspiration, to be with us and support us in life. God as a father was willing to provide every resource he needed. Now, when he sinned, he broke the relationship with God. He became in his mind an orphan. Instead of living out of his spirit, now he's living out of his soul. Instead of living by faith and revelation, now he's living by fear and out of the senses. That means he's having for the first time to work it out. Now, this is what happens. We're born into this world and we live out of reason and out of our senses, not out of faith and out of our spirit. That requires a renovation. It requires you be born again, God's spirit, into your life. And then the process of changing so you are reordered to live from your spirit by faith and not by your reason. When you live by reason, you will live in fear. You'll figure out what does that mean and you'll feel afraid because you're not designed to live out of that way we're designed to live and to live in cooperation with the spirit of god so what happened was him he became living out of a soul and then the third thing is he became conscious of lack you see when you're orphaned when god is no longer your father because you're in a place of separation from him you then become living out of your soul out of your mind and reason and then you become conscious of lack before he was conscious of abundance, now he's conscious of lack, inadequacy, insufficiency, and he became aware of that. And of course, now the Bible tells us immense fear came. Immense fear came. Now, his response to this was fear. Immense fear. And the fear caused a number of things to happen. Now, when fear is dominating your life, you will do what he did you will conceal or mask who you really are. You can't be who you really are. You're hiding your identity. You're going to put on an image of who, what you want people to think you are. And you live in fear, they'll find out who I really am. Second thing is, they avoided connection with God. They avoided connection with God. They went and hid in the trees. And so when people... Uh, when people have got fear and anxiety dominating their life is what everyone does we try to control the pain by controlling the environment and the relationships so you find that when fear is in the upper part of people's life they can't have healthy relationships they must control and so there's a number of consequences of fear number one is control we seek to control people and relationships in different ways manipulating them pushing against them trying to intimidate them just trying to get our way why because we're afraid and when we're afraid then we'll try to use people to meet our need and reduce the fear we're getting quiet now eh? secondly we put on a mask we, we hide from being vulnerable we don't want people to really know who we are in case we they might reject us thirdly we compare with others And then all we feel is worse. So now I've got to attack them or compete with them or run away from them because they intimidate me. They have more. Instead of resting in my father's provision and being happy with that, now I'm looking 
compared to them, I'm not doing so good. That's what's producing a lot of anxiety, by the way. If I look around, I haven't got what everyone else has got. I need to have it to make me happy. Okay? See, and, and thirdly, the fourth thing is striving. We begin to strive to be successful. There's a pressure to perform. It's an internal driving. And you know what? When that thing's working in your life, driven by fear, even if you're successful, you can't see it or enjoy it. You still have this thing, I haven't got enough. I've got to work for more. It's a pressure. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. And you're never free till you're free from the spirit. Uh, another way people cope with the fear is avoidance. We then try to avoid conflict, avoid any kind of situation where we might be shown up or be rejected. We won't get into anything competitive. So some people become aggressive to control it. Some people become passive to control it. But it's all the same thing. It's driven by fear. Uh, another thing people do is, uh, is to turn into false comforts. This is a big issue today. When there's all of this pain because of a lack of intimacy and the fear of rejection, what people do is look for something to make me feel better. And the world offers so many ways to feel temporarily better, but afterwards you feel worse. So it's sex, it's relationships, it's pornography, it's alcohol, it's entertainment, it's partying, it's the good life. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but after you're home, what? Oh, you're empty. And see, it does not fulfill. It cannot fulfill. You have to deal with the root issue. Um, people become anxious. They become very busy. So notice how God addresses it. God is interesting. He deals with things very simply. He just asked a question. He asked three questions. Here's the first question. First question he asks is what I call the relationship question, which if you want to build relationships, you need to do. Where are you? Where are you? And it's not like God looking around saying, well, what happened? Where'd they go? Send some angels out. Search party. It's not like that. He just said, where are you? I want to know where you are in your relationship. I want you to open up and become vulnerable and talk to me like we used to talk. And, and, and so Adam responds to that question by saying, I was, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So he starts to talk. This is what's going on in my life. Fear. Fear because I'm ashamed what I'm like. And then God asks the interesting question, who told you that? What voice have you listened to that has caused you to be filled with fear? What voice did you come into agreement with? This is the, you see, God is a loving God. What if Adam had done this? What if Adam had done this? Man, I shouldn't have done that. I really got it wrong. Look, I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to meet with him. Dad, I really blew it. Look, I'm so sorry. You know, you gave me that thing and told me not to do that. I just had a moment of weakness. I gave in. I sinned. Please forgive me. Now, what would happen then? we wouldn't have had this mess. We wouldn't have had this mess. But what did he do instead? See, he listened to a voice. And what was the voice saying? You're in for it now. Oh my, when daddy comes, you're in trouble. I was afraid, afraid of rejection, afraid of punishment, afraid of what would happen. So God says to him, well, who told you that? Who have you been listening to? See, fear is a spirit that fills your thought pack processes. Puts thoughts of a bad future, of all kinds of possible outcomes. It fills your imaginations with pictures. You know when you're in a place of fear? Oh, you think all the possibilities that could come. They're just going like that. And, and, and not only that, your emotions feel the fear. It's a spirit. It's a spirit and you are agreeing with the spirit. That's why it has authority and influence over your life. Fear is a spirit. Anxiety is a spirit. If you listen to it, you will end up experiencing its dominion in your life. You have to make a stand against it. You have to make a stand. So God asks him three questions. Number one, the relationship question, where are you? I could ask you that tonight. Where are you in relationship to fear and anxiety? Is it a problem in your life? Who have you been listening to? Is fear and anxiety ruling your life? And then here's the last thing he asked him. Did you eat the fruit of the tree? which is a responsibility question, will you own up that your choices have been wrong and make a change? And that's the question, if you're going to deal with fear and anxiety, in the end it'll always come down, you've been listening to the wrong voice. You're listening to the enemy of God and your enemy. Will you change? And what did he do? He blamed. He, instead of taking responsibility that I have these feelings because of my choices and my father can help me, 
Instead, he blamed the woman and blamed God. And at that point, God stops talking to him and he carries the consequences of it in his life. And we carry those consequences too. We've got to stop blaming and all that kind of thing. We need to actually face up to it. Now, the Bible says in James 4 verse 7, it tells us, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. So how can I overcome fear and anxiety? Let me give you several simple steps. Now, they are simple steps tonight. The first part of it will get you breakthrough. The second part of it is how you stay free. You don't think these things aren't going to come back at you. Man, I don't know what's going to come one day to the next, but I know who has my life. It's in my father's hands. And I've had to learn how to deal with this thing. Man, I was anxious and uptight all my life. You can't, you can't see it. I, I really struggle with it a big time, big time, until I got delivered of a demon. No, a number of them, actually, I'll be honest. I needed to get quite a lot of deliverance because I had a lot of stuff. Once I got delivered, then I had the capacity to have dominion. So our first step is we need a relationship with Christ because he's the one who overcame these things and authorizes us to overcome them. Our first step to any freedom is to connect with God through faith in Jesus Christ, to become joined back to our Father. He's the one who provides for us. He's the one who will empower us and help us. That's like the first step. But there's many people who have made that step and never did what else is needed. See? Because when you come into the presence of God, he puts his spirit in you, the spirit of sonship. And it says in Romans 8.14, it says, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is a spirit. But we've received the spirit which places as sons of our father. Wherefore we can say, daddy, I need your help. See? Okay then. So that's why you need a relationship with Christ. But the second thing is we need to address fear because it's constant it's constant so number one acknowledge that fear is an issue in your life anxiety is an issue in your life the first step to any change is to acknowledge it's there you've got to face this thing and call it what it is it's a spirit and it intimidates me because I have cooperated and yield with its thoughts I'm in agreement with the spirit secondly I need to consciously and regularly repent of agreeing with it. I got it wrong, is what you're saying. I listened to the wrong thoughts. I've let the wrong thoughts rule my life. I need to repent of listening to a lie. Repentance means to change. I got it wrong, and I've been getting it wrong all my life, listening to lies, thinking it was me, when in fact... It was a demon speaking to me, filling me. And I listened to it and agreed with it. I've got to stop listening to devils. I've got to stop agreeing with them. I've got to break my agreement with them. So, so to get free, I need to acknowledge that this is a problem, repent of agreeing with and listening to those thoughts. Now, that's just the start process. Sometimes we need to forgive the people that terrorized us. For some, sometimes the reason we're so afraid is it's because of what was in the family. It's what's in our background. There's people we need to forgive because what they did brought such trauma and sorrow and pain. We've been living in fear ever since. Maybe it was just they neglected to love and that feeling of rejection and fear of being rejected is very real. So we forgive those people because when you forgive, you unlock yourself from the trauma and the pain that is the source of the fear in your life. Forgiveness is something you live in and walk in. A lot of people don't realize that because they're holding unforgiveness, they live in fear. Finally, we need to resist the devil. The Bible says, submit yourself to God. In other words, come into agreement with heaven and its rule. Then when you resist, the devil will flee from you. Fear is a spirit. It will depart from you if you resist it. To resist it means you must speak to it. You must assert God-given authority over it. Go, spirit of fear, anxiety, go. You speak to it like it's living, it's there, and when you speak, it will yield to you. You need to get your voice back. Some people, they've got no voice. They've lived so afraid. I tell you what, go. You need to step up. You need to get your voice again. Speak. See, so when we do that, fear breaks off our life. It must do. 
The Bible says it must do. It will go. See? But then you've got to stay free. And to stay free, you now need a, there's a process. And the process is called the renewing of the mind and resisting the devil. So, so it involves meditating in the word of God. I need to meditate in the truth that God loves me. I'm safe in his presence. He provides me. Why? Because I've lived listening to lies for so long. It takes time to retrain your thinking so you begin to have revelation. Actually, God looks out for me. I have to worry. Uh, so things go wrong, it doesn't matter. God's got it sorted out. Even if it goes wrong, it'll work out good for me because God's got my back. You see, when you're living like an orphan, of course you're afraid. There's no one got your back. You're on your own. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Life is a struggle. Everyone's out to get you. You've got to stand up. But when God is with me, oh, God is with me. That's what David said. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though I go into places that I could lose my life, I refuse fear because God's got my back. He is with me. God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. I will not fear what man shall do to me, for God is with me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? You see, you need the scripture to get into your heart. And it only comes in by meditation. Because when you've lived a fearful life, your mind is trained to yield to fear. It has have to constantly reject fear, reject anxiety, and start to build the truth into our life. And when thoughts come, you've got to resist them. If thoughts come, and they come. Little, I get them too, regularly. But you have to fight them off. Push them back. The Bible says, capture the thoughts, those rogue thoughts which come into your mind. It cause you to feel scared and afraid and anxious. Push them out of your head. Speak to them. I rebuke that thought and begin to declare God's word. Use your voice. Speak God's word. Start to praise the Lord and thank him. Why? Because God has ordained, God has set, that out of the mouths of little children, you have ordained praise to shut up the devil. So you've got to learn to speak. You've got to learn to get some fight in you. You've got to stand up instead of rolling over. And if you've rolled over all your life, time to stand up. Time to stand up. God wants to raise you up. God wants to lift you up. Now, of course, some situations are long-standing, controlling relationships. I can't do that tonight. That's another whole realm to teach about. But in those situations, you will have to stand up and fight. Because when a person is a controlling person, they don't listen to reason. They just want you to do what they want. And they'll use threats and intimidation to do it. And when that happens, you do have to stand up and get your life back. You've got to boundary it. You've got to boundary it and not fear what may happen. You'll say, no, you won't treat me that way anymore. I won't be treated that way by you anymore. If we wish to have a relationship, you disrespect me. Otherwise, this conversation's over. I'm leaving now. So it's really important to learn to set boundaries when people are controlling or abusive or disrespectful people. Just say no. And if that has been a long-standing issue for you, get someone to stand with you in the journey of breaking free, being under control. Any idea? Oh, glory. God wants to set some people free tonight. I am sure God wants to set some people free tonight. I'm absolutely sure. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, man, someone here tonight needs to get set free. All that anxiety, all that fear, all that stuff that's been bugging you was a demon and you agreed with it. Time you made a change. Here's the first step. The first step is this. First step is to engage with God, to have a relationship with him. Listen, the nature of the fall is that we live separated from God and we've got to try and figure it all out because we're on our own. That's the problem. The remedy is that God made a way for us to come back into relationship. He sent Jesus to die horrendous death on the cross in our place so the power of sin could be broken and therefore the hold of devils over us broken as well. But that does us no good. It's like the chest of coins with no key. It is. It is. No key. That's awful. I know it's there, but I can't get it. I've got to find the key. And Jesus said what the key is. He said, if anyone, if any man receive me and put their trust and believe on me, 
I will give them the privilege and right and honor to become a part of the family of God. My spirit will enter you. You will be changed. The spirit of bondage will go. You will now be in a relationship with God Almighty. Well, how good is that? It just requires you make a response. Close your eyes right now. Is there any person here tonight, you're not a Christian, haven't given your life to Christ, I know there's fear and anxiety in your life. Well, we'll deal with that a little later. But to the first step is to receive Jesus. Would you do that tonight? Would you say, God, I want you to be in my life. Father, I need to be reconnected to you. I'm living my life. I am afraid. I am anxious. I'm struggling with life on my own. I need you to come into my life. Jesus, I need you to come. You love me. You care about me. I know your perfect love will drive out fear. I need to encounter your love. If that's you tonight, would you raise your hand and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Just put your hand up where you are, wherever you are. Just put your hand right up. God, I see the hand over there just on the right. Okay, God bless you. Anyone else here tonight? Anyone else here tonight? Anyone else? Just raise your hand where I can see it. It's a great decision to make to receive Jesus. It's your best decision. Anyone else? God bless God bless hand there. Anyone else? Anyone else? This is a great decision to make. Great decision to make. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. I mean, what's holding it back? Is fear holding it back? Oh my, don't listen to that. Just put your hand up. Nothing bad's going to happen. Everything good will happen. Anyone else? Just raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. I want to receive Jesus. I want to become a Christian. I'd like you all to pray with me this prayer. It's called the sinner's prayer, I suppose, but it's a prayer of welcome and invitation. God never comes in where we don't invite him. So we need to invite Christ in. We need to pray a prayer together. So church, help us. We'll all pray the prayer together. I'll lead you in the prayer. Just follow me in this prayer. Let's pray it together, shall we? Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins and rise from the dead. Father, I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I receive forgiveness for all of my sins. I receive your Spirit into my heart. And I give you my life today. Before heaven and earth, I declare, Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. God is my Father. I am a child of God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Someone will connect with you and talk with you and give you some materials to encourage you in your journey with the Lord. But just, we're going to have an altar call in a few minutes for people who are struggling with fear. And I can feel it. I can tell, I'm um, trying not to look at you by, because I know if I look at you, you'll start to feel it very intensely. But just looking around, I can see many lives struggling with fear and anxiety. It's been hard for you to even look at me as, I, as I've been moving around. You don't have to go out with that. You could be delivered tonight. God wants to deliver you. That's why Jesus came. But remember what it involves. I need to acknowledge I've been listening to fear and anxiety. I've been listening to those things. I need to repent of it. And if there's someone I need to forgive because they damaged me and I've become fearful because of that, and I don't trust anyone. I need to resolve that by forgiving. Bless them. Then I want God to deliver me. Amen. First, the pastor's going to come up, and uh, then we're going to have the altar call. Phenomenal. Come on, put your hands together for Pastor Mike. Brilliance. Insightful, powerful, truthful, and freedom is going to come in just a few minutes when you courageously respond for prayer very shortly. I'm going to hand back to Pastor Mike in a few moments. Uh, we want, I wanted to take this moment before we have this because this is going to go for a while and probably get messy. So it's important that we take the opportunity to receive up an honorarium. It's, it's our culture and our church. Whenever God sends us a, a preacher, someone who brings the word of the Lord to us as a church who represents Christ, the Bible is very clear to honor those who come and represent Christ. Just as I was thinking about that, I would reckon that, that there's a, a lot of people um, in here, but also 
in our culture today, and we, we heard this scripture earlier about don't be anxious about what you're going to wear, don't be anxious about your food, don't, don't be anxious about your finances because your heavenly Father will look after that, but seek first the kingdom of God. And often in a moment like now, it's like let's, let's give, let's ask God what we should give then what can happen is fear can create this shield over our heart and our mind. And like, no, 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 I don't want to think about giving. I'm worried about my finances. The last thing I should be thinking about right now is giving any money. And anxiety actually create. and it's like, and we'll, we'll say in a moment, ask God what, what you want us to give. And I can almost feel people going, oh, I don't want God to tell me what he wants to give. Because often the key to breakthrough in our finances is what we give because that's a sign that I'm trusting that God is going to get involved in this area. And so right now, I want us just to pray. And I want you to, some of you are feeling the fear right now about not having enough, the fear of God not looking after you. But I want you to brush that off for a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, what should I give right now in this moment? Lord, what do you want me to do in this moment right now in terms of this offering and your giving? Huh. And God just talked to me. Excellent. It wasn't supposed to be for me. <sighs> so where you want to go. So where you want to go. There's impartation in this moment right now. We have had a phenomenal, a phenomenal time with Pastor Mike in the room with us, sharing, pouring his heart into us. We're not paying for messages. We're honoring Christ, but we're actually honoring a life of dedication and sacrifice that's poured into us over this whole week. So we're going to give to him, give to the Lord right now. So let's just uh, pray. Father, we do pray and thank you for what's on Pastor Mike and Joy and what they carry. I pray that it would be released into, into this house, a greater dimension of the supernatural and the power of God, not just a moment, but an impartation into the atmosphere of this house. We pray that you would bless them as we give. Bless them as we sow right now in every giver. Father, break us out of anxiety over our finances and release, release provision in every life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you as you give. The options to give are up on this screen. We just take a few moments to do that. Absolutely powerful. That's absolutely powerful. You can feel, you can feel like a, you know, before an earthquake comes, there's a tremor. You can feel a tremor. You might be feeling it on the inside. Sometimes before you're about to get free, you just want to run out the door. You're like a hat, a cat in a hot tin roof. You're like, I want to get out of here. And inside, you're like, oh, they're like, I'm agitated. I can't hardly sit still. That's because there's something inside of you that's going to get free in a moment. So, so lean into it, get ready for it, and uh, you're going to have a life-changing moment. Are we good? Thank you, stewards. God bless you, church. I'm going to hand back to Pastor Mike right now. Come on. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. God bless you. You're on. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's stand up, shall we? Let's stand up, shall we? We're looking for an encounter with God. We're looking to break through. And so part of it is the laying on of hands tonight, which we'll do. But the big part of it is preparing your heart. Prepare your heart by, in your heart, saying, God, I've been in agreement with this thing. I've, I've gone along with it all my life. Man, I've grown up with the thing. I grew up with it. It's all my life. It was so close to me, I thought it was me. Till I realized it's a devil I need to fight. When I fought him, took a little while, then he broke off my life, and I suddenly felt it one day. It's gone. It's gone. I'm free. You know, and I thought, then I thought, my second thought was, what an idiot for listening to it for so long. Anyway, that's another story. Listen, tonight we're going to have an opportunity. Once you make your way to the front, come up. We're going to lead you in a prayer together. Then we'll begin to worship God together because it's in the worship of Him that the enemy is silenced. The power of God is released. Now listen, you know you've been feeling something. You know you're struggling with something. Come on up. Come on. Let's respond. Let's have an encounter with God. An encounter with God. Our Father loves us. It's, it's His love that caused Him to want to help us and set us free. He loves us. He loves us. No father wants their kids living in fear. Not a reasonable father anyway. 
Our Father loves us. He delights in us. He takes pleasure in us prospering. Oh, my. So right now, as you lift your hands to the Lord, I want you before, I'm going to lead you in a corporate prayer, but I first of all want you to just quietly now just repent. Have you given way to fear? Repent of it right now. Ask Jesus to forgive you. Break your agreement with fear. Have you been listening to anxiety, that nagging worry that goes on? Father, I repent of anxiety. Lord, instead of trusting you, I listen to your enemies. Lord, forgive me right now. Is there someone you need to forgive? Perhaps it's a father, perhaps it's a mother, perhaps it's someone who terrorized your life, someone who controlled you, abused you, betrayed you, and you've been deeply impacted. Why don't you, just as God remembers, brings back to memory, forgive that person now. Father, I forgive them, I release them. I'm breaking free of what they put on my life. I'm breaking free by forgiving them. I'm taking my life back again. I'm breaking out of being attached to that fear. Come on, let's begin to pray quietly under our mouth. Just talk to the Lord. Talk to Him. Put your heart right before Him. Father, we need You. Father, we need You. We're asking, Lord, today for freedom from witchcraft, the fear it produces, freedom from anxiety, freedom from terrorizing spirits. Father, we're looking to be set free right now. Are you ready now? Listen to me now. I will lead you in a corporate prayer. Now, that we're going to state and declare certain things in prayer. We're going to break our agreement with fear and anxiety. We're going to declare forgiveness and release to people who have hurt us. We're going to take a stand to claim our freedom and then speak to fear and anxiety and command it to go. When we've prayed the prayer, the deliverance prayer, I want you to begin to praise the Lord as strongly as you can because praise silences the enemy. Now as we praise the Lord, the environment is complete for deliverance to happen. We'll come and lay hands on you. When we lay hands on you, just stop your praying. Just let the Spirit of God touch you. Just breathe out or cough out or whatever. Let go whatever you're holding on to. Okay, we're all ready now. Are we ready? You're all ready to get free. Come on, this is a war. It's about your future, about your destiny. It's about breaking out of the limitations on your life. The battle starts tonight, then it continues tomorrow as you start to renew your mind and resist what you've yielded to. Okay, follow me in this prayer. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I think we need a stronger prayer than that. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for breaking the power of these things over my life. Father, I repent of agreeing with fear, of listening to fear, of agreeing with anxiety, of listening to anxiety. I break my agreement with fear and anxiety. I break it now. Lord, I forgive. I forgive those who have hurt me, who opened the door to fear. I forgive them now. I release them now. Now in Jesus' name, I claim freedom. I claim freedom. I claim freedom. Fear and anxiety. Go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Come on, let's shout to the Lord now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I break spirits of witchcraft. I break generational curses. I break spirits of trauma and fear. I come against fear. Fear, 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 anxiety. Go, 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 go. Come on. Okay, begin to pray. Thank you, Lord.